Good morning, ladies. We're a little sparse this morning. I think the snow kind of kept people home, but that's okay. I'm glad you're here today. So, um, like Michelle said, I'm going to be speaking on the Holy Spirit this morning, and um, I've got quite a lot to say about him. So I want to go ahead and get started, but let me open up in prayer. Um, so if you'll bow your hearts with me. Lord God, we just thank you for this morning um, that we could come and open your word, that we can hear from you. I thank you for these sweet ladies that made it out this morning to hear from you. Father, I pray that you bless them. Holy Spirit, we invite you here this morning. Be in this lecture, be in this room, Father. We are speaking about you. May your power be manifested through everything that is said today. May our hearts be open and our minds open to understand and hear what you have to say to us. In your precious name we pray, amen. So I wanted to encourage you. Um, our topic, obviously, is apologetics, speaking the truth and evangelizing those in our lives. And I want you to know that you are not alone. You may be with a person by yourself at coffee, and you may feel like you're by yourself, but you really are not alone. And we look to scripture. When Jesus gave the commission to his 12 disciples, he said, go, preach the word, teach my commandments, baptize. And it also came with a wonderful promise. I am with you always, always. That's a word we should always cling to. That's a promise that Jesus is with us always. And he's with us in the person of the Holy Spirit, who comes and takes up residence in our hearts the moment we appropriate through faith the great gift of grace in Jesus Christ. So salvation, at the moment, Holy Spirit comes in and takes a permanent residence in us. So he's always with us, always. Like God, he will never leave us, and he will never forsake us, because he is God. So this morning, I wanted to kind of give you kind of a crash course on who the Holy Spirit is, because our pastors actually are going to be doing like a, a series on him. So I don't want to tread on their information and their material, but I at least want to give you just an a introduction to who the Holy Spirit is. And then I really want to talk about what his specific roles are with regard to evangelism, what he does, and then how he helps us in that time. So who is the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, he is a person. We do call him the person of the, or the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he is an actual person. He's not a force like in Star Wars, like the force be with you, although that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> but he's an actual person who resides within us. He also has personal characteristics, just like a human being. But because he is God, he has the exact characteristics of God. First, he has intelligence. He's really smart. He searches God. He searches everything about God, and he knows everything about God. So he has intelligence. He also has emotions. Did you know it's actually possible to grieve the Holy Spirit? So he has emotions, just like we do. He also has a will. It's up to him to determine who gets what spiritual gift. He decides all that. 
So if you're not happy with the spiritual gift you got, so I just take it up with the Holy Spirit. Talk to him. Maybe he'll give you a different one. So those are the personal characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, again, those are the same characteristics of God because he is God. He also has supernatural characteristics. First, he is self-existent, which means he was not created. He has always been. He is not a created being like the angels were, we are, or animals. He has existed before time began. He is also omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. He is also omnipotent, which means all-powerful. And throughout scripture, there's evidences of how powerful he is. He was at the beginning, in Genesis, superintending over creation with God. He was also, I don't know how to say this, um, he impregnated Mary. He came upon her and made her pregnant. She was a virgin. That's pretty powerful. And he also empowered Jesus throughout his entire ministry for three years. So he is all-powerful. And lastly, he is omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. Again, that goes back to the things that he searches everything of God. He is all-knowing. He knows everything. He also has specific and general roles. So the general roles really apply to us as believers. So his general roles are, first, he teaches us. Again, he searches God, he knows everything, and what he knows, he teaches us. He teaches you all things and brings to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Keep that in mind, because I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later. He also sanctifies us. The minute we become a Christian, we um, accept Jesus Christ into our hearts as Lord and Savior. He takes up residence in our lives. He begins the process of sanctifying us. And that means just basically taking everything in our lives that's not according to God's laws and God's will and changing them, beautifully, wonderfully refining us, making us more like Christ. So he sanctifies us. And thirdly, he intercedes for us. Again, this is one of his wonderful roles that he plays in our lives. We don't know how to pray. He knows how to pray. So we really should take advantage of that. So those are some general roles that he has in the lives of believers. But what about specific roles according to evangelism that he has in the roles of unbelievers? Because he does work in their lives as well. First of all, he is the one who goes before and prepares people's hearts. He is the one who has the same mission as God. He does not want to see anybody perish. He wants all to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So one of his roles is he's going to go before and he's going to start working in the hearts of hardened people, people who are at enmity with God. That's one of his roles. How does he prepare? He has various ways that he prepares. One of them is we cannot go to God unless God starts to draw us. So how does the Holy Spirit begin to draw us? He has various ways. First, he draws through hearing the word. And I'm really glad that Michelle played that video because this really plays into what I'm talking about. He hears, people need to hear the word of God. Sometimes they hear it through a sermon in church, 
or maybe they're flipping through the radio and they stumble across a sermon um, on Christian radio. Maybe they stumble across a Christian music station and they hear a song. Something triggers something in them. Or maybe they just see things, or they read a book, they pick up a Christian book and they start reading like Case for Christ. But this is what I found out. I did some research. According to the 2017 Pew Research Study, only 23% of Americans go to church. That's a very, very small amount of people. So what happens to the other 73%? Chances are they're not gonna go to church and hear a sermon. Chances are they're probably not gonna flip the radio station and land on a Christian radio station because they probably aren't gonna be interested and they're not gonna listen to Christian music and they're probably not gonna pick up a Christian book. So who do you think the burden and the responsibility and the privilege falls on for them to hear the gospel? You can answer. Us. We are gonna be walking, talking Bibles to people because basically that's how God's designed it. When he sent us out on the Great Commission, he gave that responsibility and privilege to us as the church, the body of Christ. Again, it comes with a promise, he goes with us. So we are the ones who have to be salt and light to those who are dying, to those who are perishing. That's mainly how the Holy Spirit works through drawing people to himself, is through you and I, just being faithful witnesses and ambassadors of Jesus Christ. It's a little scary, but I think it's a wonderful privilege that God has given to us. We may be the only way, whether it's a family member or a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, that they will ever hear the word of God. It may be on us. So please, take every advantage that you have of every opportunity that God presents to share the gospel. Next, he draws people through circumstances. How many of you here either know of somebody or yourself came to know Jesus through a very difficult circumstance? Anybody? I'm one of them. Sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit draws people. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking the thief on the cross. The poor man had lived his life in utter, you know, I don't know what he did, he was obviously a thief, but he's at the lowest point in his life. He has nothing to lose, but everything to gain. And at that point, he has nowhere to look but to Jesus Christ, who's hanging on a cross right next to him. And he's like, I'm just gonna take, I'm just gonna go for it. Jesus, remember me in paradise. He was at the lowest point in his life and he looked to Jesus and Jesus said, I will remember you. That's the way Holy Spirit works in some people's lives. He worked in my life that way, took me to a very low point before I was ready to hear the gospel, before I was ready to see myself as a sinful person who needed Jesus Christ to save me. That's a, that's a great way. And so I hope you're a privilege to somebody who's going through a trial, going through a struggle, because a lot of times, that's when they're the most vulnerable, the most open to hearing the word. He also speaks through creation and science. Psalm 19.1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. There are people who look at the universe and they wonder, how did this all happen? Where did this all come from? There has to be some being that created it. 
And in their search to find those answers, they will come to know that God is the one who's the creator and sustainer of this universe. Just as we are supposed to speak truth to people, just like the girl in the video said, people were praying for her. That is another privilege that we have. The Holy Spirit works in people's lives through our prayers. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it because it brings glory to God. That's a prayer that God absolutely wants to answer is the salvation of people's souls. That is his will because he doesn't want anyone to perish. So we should be diligent not only to be sharing the gospel, but to be praying for those who don't know the gospel. Next, he convicts. Now, this is a, a responsibility you and I don't have, so I'm pretty happy about that one. We have the responsibility to speak truth to people, to share the love of God with them, but ultimately it is the Holy Spirit's role to convict them of their sin, of righteousness, and judgment. We tell people about it, but ultimately we can't bring them to that conviction. That's the Holy Spirit's role. Conviction just means he's exposing them. He's exposing their sin. He's exposing their sinful nature and how they cannot save themselves. He's exposing how Jesus is the righteousness and they can have righteousness through him. He exposes judgment that is to come, hoping that they will want to avoid it and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So Holy Spirit is the one who convicts. So as he goes forward, he's preparing, preparing hearts, he's convicting hearts, all for the purpose of setting captives free. Again, that is his role. He's the one who sets free. He is the one who breathes life into dead souls. Remember, people are dead in their sins and trespasses. Now let me ask you this, has anybody ever raised from the dead a person, physically? It can't be done. You and I are not physically or medically capable of raising a person from the dead. It's the same spiritually. You and I cannot raise somebody and give them new life. That's not our responsibility, it's the Holy Spirit's. We pray for that, but you and I cannot set a person free. We can only tell them about Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates their life, gives them new birth, makes them alive in Christ. So we need to get out of his way and let him do his job. And that's a beautiful thing when it actually happens. I put some links on the bottom of your handout. I can't go into regeneration. It's a huge topic. But there's some links there if you really want to look into it for yourself. So feel free to read those. It goes into a lot more detail than I can. So those are his specific roles as far as evangelism goes. He prepares hearts, he softens hearts, he draws hearts, he convicts hearts to the point where they are ready to accept Jesus Christ into their lives and he sets them free and breathes new life into them. So what about us? What does he do for us? How does he help us when we, you and I, are out for coffee with a friend and we're in the midst of witnessing? He provides a, an opportunity for us to share the good news of the gospel. First, he's actually the one who makes that opportunity possible. He prompts. 
He opens doors. He makes the opportunities available to us. And I thought of Philip and the eunuch in this. So in Acts 8.26, I just want to read this so you, you kind of see it for yourselves. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then I want to skip down because it just gives us a little bit of detail of who the eunuch is. And the spirit says again, go over and join this chariot. Do you see how specific the spirit is to Philip? He's like, rise and go. Go over to that chariot. He's the one who opens the doors for us to speak to people into their hearts. He opens the doors for us. He prompts us. Now, even in this, I want you to notice something else. The eunuch was already prepared. The Holy Spirit had already gone before Philip and prepared the eunuch's heart because he's reading the book of Isaiah and he wants to know. But unfortunately, he doesn't have anybody to answer those questions for him. So the eunuch is already prepared. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He brings somebody along. And look at Philip. Philip obeys. The minute the Holy Spirit prompts Philip, he rises up and he goes, he runs down the road and he finds the chariot. And I think it's kind of funny. I'm like, hello, do you know what you're reading? <laughs> I can just imagine this guy's like, you're nuts. But he's like, get in here. I need to know, what am I reading? Who is this person? And Philip hops in the chariot and he sits down and he starts with that very scripture that the eunuch is reading and he explains it all to the point where he shares the entire gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit preparing somebody's heart, prompting somebody, using them, and that it all comes together in his salvation and his baptism. I just love that story. So he prompts us, like Philip, we need to be open and ready and available when those promptings come. Sometimes we're nervous. And when we know that the prompting is coming because our hearts are beating, like Michelle always says, if, the, if your, your heart's beating really fast, you know the Holy Spirit wants you to talk. It's kind of like that. But Philip heard the Spirit. I don't know what that meant. I don't know if it was an audible voice. It was just a voice in his head. But when we know an opportunity is available to us, we know the Holy Spirit's opened that door. Our heart's beating. We get anxious. Be like Philip. Get up and go. Be obedient because you have no idea what the Holy Spirit is doing in that person's heart. You may be that person that they're going to hear the word of God from. So please be obedient, be available, be open. Secondly, he empowers us. Again, this goes with him being with us always. And again, all through the book of Acts, we see the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the apostles. First, he comes on them and empowers them to speak in foreign languages that those who are at Pentecost would understand. And what do they share? The gospel in their language. He also emboldens them to speak boldly for Christ, for God, before rulers, before everybody. Now, don't get hung up on that word boldness. All it means is to have courage. It doesn't mean you have to get in somebody's face and yell at them and scream at them. It just means you have courage. And I like the second part of this. 
courageously venture forward by putting fear behind and embracing the fruit that lies ahead for taking a necessary risk. That's courage. Putting yourself out there, taking a risk of your reputation, your personality, putting it aside, and saying, I don't care. I'm going to speak truth to this person. I'm willing to take that necessary risk for the fruit of possibly speaking truth into their hearts. I'm going to be courageous. And it doesn't mean you have to be an extrovert. It doesn't mean you have to be an introvert. He works through every single personality. Just be courageous. Thirdly, he enables us. Jesus spoke to his apostles. He's sending them out two by two. And I'm sure they're fearful. And he says, when they bring you before the synagogues, the rulers and the authorities, don't be anxious. How or what you will answer or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that same hour what you must say. Again, this goes back to the Holy Spirit teaching us. In that moment, he's going to call to your mind the things that he's already taught you up to that point. And some of you are thinking, well, I don't really know the Bible that well. I'm just beginning my journey discovering the Bible. How can the Holy Spirit speak through me? He's going to use whatever you have, whatever you know, even if it's the basics. And as you grow and mature in your journey through your faith, as you learn scripture, he'll have more and more to use to call to your mind and teach you so that when you are in a witnessing opportunity, like Philip, you may be able to expound upon the book of Isaiah. But go with what you know at the moment and let the rest be left to God. So don't worry about that. Don't be anxious. What if you get some negative responses, which you're probably going to get? Don't worry about it. That's not in our control. The gospel, unfortunately, at that point, may be veiled to that person. Because guess what? Satan is going to do everything he can to keep that person from hearing and from understanding the gospel. But take heart, the Holy Spirit is stronger than Satan, and at that point, the Holy Spirit may not be drawing them then. It might be some time before they're ready, but our responsibility is to plant and to water and to speak truth, and we leave the rest up to the Holy Spirit. So don't give up, keep talking truth, keep spreading the gospel, keep sharing the love of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. As you're speaking to someone, I know that Mary Jo has us listening. And while we're listening, most of our minds are going like this. We're trying to think of our response and what we're going to say to that person. And we get anxious and we're getting, you know, our stomachs in knots. What am I going to say when, when there's a break in the conversation? Well, I want to throw one more thing at you. Pray. Don't be thinking about what you're going to say because remember, we're going to rely on the Holy Spirit to give it to us. Start praying. Pray for that person's heart. Pray that when there is a break in the conversation, that you can speak truth with love, gentleness, and respect. Pray that the Lord or the Holy Spirit will start convicting them. As you're speaking about some of these hard things, ask the Holy Spirit to open their eyes to it. 
because it's gonna bring them to Jesus Christ. Pray for them as you're speaking with them. Pray for yourself as well. You're gonna be anxious. Just pray for the Holy Spirit to calm your heart, to relax, to trust him, that he's gonna give you the words to speak the moment you have the opportunity. Don't worry about it. And even if you don't have the words at the time, be honest and tell them. I don't know. That's a great question. I'll get back to you on that. Just be honest and go with what you know at the time. Also, pray the fruits of the Spirit. Pray that your heart and your conversation is filled with love, that's filled with joy, the joy of the Lord. It's filled with peace. It's filled with patience. It's filled with gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, and most of all, self-control. Self-control of the tongue, because some of us just want to just jump in there and say something, and it may be the wrong thing to say or the wrong time to say it. So pray for self-control. And pray for self-control of your emotions. Sometimes we get worked up when we're talking to somebody. They know how to push our buttons, and we want to get defensive and angry. But pray that the Holy Spirit will control you. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be controlled by him. Remember, you're in this together. I thought about this, what would be a great illustration to show how the Holy Spirit and you and I work together in the, in the, um, with regard to evangelism, and I thought of a tandem bike. We're both going in the same direction, hoping that someone is gonna come to Christ. He's going before us, preparing them, softening them, drawing them, convicting them, because he wants to set them free and breathe new life into their hearts. We're behind doing our job, telling truth, sharing the love of Christ. We're on the same bike together. He's with us always. Don't forget that. You're never alone when you're sharing the gospel. He will empower you. He will enable you. You're never alone. He will never leave you or forsake you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. We are very grateful for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Sometimes we forget about him. We forget that the power and the strength lies within each one of us. Father, help us to remember that throughout our days when he provides an opportunity. Help us to take advantage of his power. Help us to take advantage of the strength that he provides, the peace that he provides because he's in this with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. We are so grateful for the Holy Spirit, Father. Thank you for the helper that you've given to us. And many we never forgive him. Amen. Thank you, ladies.